0: This week on Ultra 64, we are going three rounds with some boxing games. It's Ready to Rumble, Ready to Rumble Round Two, and Knockout Kings 2000.
1: Ding, 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 ding. <laughs>
0: Welcome everyone to Ultra 64. We are the internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different, randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog. And we are playing it and we are quickly giving up on that announcer voice <laughs> I was doing. My name is Steve Gunley. In this corner,
1: progenitor of the sweet science, Willy Wonka himself, Woody Siskowski. That's the that's the original Sweet Science is making candy. I think so, yeah. yeah.
0: Or sending kisses. Yeah. 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 Designing nougats. I did uh, I did uh, wanted to go a little extra here, so I went to an online name generator that will generate your uh, boxing nickname. Okay. So you are officially Woody Bone Crusher Saskowski. Oh, man. And I am oh. Steve Atomic Cat Guntling.
1: I, huh. I don't know Interesting I don't know I, I had I, I had a um a, One of my earliest uh Toys slash stuffed animals Was this weird plastic thing Called Atomic Cat
0: Oh I, was, um, I thought you were going to say it Was a guy crushing bones Yeah
1: exactly <laughs> One of my most beloved Childhood memories Was this big mace I had I called him Bone Crusher And I would sleep with him Every night When I wasn't
0: out pillaging
1: <laughs> Yeah exactly. As they do
0: on Orcas Island For <laughs> exactly. food Exactly uh, well, welcome. We are talking about boxing games this week. If you haven't been able to tell from our ridiculous patter. Uh, boxing games, not a, not a genre I have a lot of experience with beyond one very specific game that we'll get into in a <laughs> well, minute. Well, I mean,
1: every, when you really break it down, Steve, almost every game is a boxing game. Shovel sure. Dragon, Final Fight, <laughs> Street Fighter. Fight, Street Fighter, more like you've probably played yeah.
0: more. Uncharted, sure. You, yeah, yeah everything. exactly. Everything. Any Anytime any a punch is thrown, it's a boxing game. Yeah, you know? that's all it yeah. takes. It's like that birthday boy skit about family. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a family. Yeah. yeah, that's a family. Yeah. yeah um, good. I,
1: I'm sure all our listeners love it when we reference this two season sketch comedy that nobody watched
0: man people should watch it i've been re-watching it a lot lately i really love it um but yeah so we are playing some boxing games this is a sport we have not really gotten into which means i get to do some boxing research this is
1: why people come that's why they're nintendo here nintendo 64 podcast i they're like I love learning about new sports. I think
0: think I'll listen to this Nintendo 64 podcast. I think that's the trick. You need someone who uh, actively hates and does not understand sports to explain sports to you. I think that's what people come here. part of this podcast. so I tried to research when man first threw a punch at another man, <laughs> and insanely, Wikipedia did not have that information for me. So Timeline of punching? Your guess is as good as it mine. He was in the
1: Paleozoic era.
0: He was named after Aug Punch, <laughs> a, uh, a caveman with two names. Uh, he was also the inventor of the last name. <laughs> um, but I was able to find the competitive boxing dates back to ancient Greece. Uh, the earliest known reference to it is when it was introduced to the Olympics in 688 CE, or BCE, excuse me. Uh, it was a popular event in sideshows and parlors for centuries after that. You can
1: see the legacy carried on in the game Hades when you get the uh, metal gauntlets and Ooh. punch the shit out of people in that game. Another boxing game, Hades. Another boxing game. Yeah. Family. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, but I, I haven't gotten the uh, gauntlets yet. They're, they're good those. times. I'm excited for that. Yeah, the, the, the weapons in that the, game are excellent. I've been favoring the spear lately. Yeah, it's the spear's fun. good. Um, anyway. Uh, Yeah, so boxing as we know it didn't really arise until the 18th century with the codification of the Queensbury Rules in 1867. I've heard this term before. I never really knew what it was. Uh, But basically
1: got it confused with the Magna Carta. uh,
0: Yeah, I I frequently get those confused. (laughs) Wim of 1592, signing of the Queensbury Rules. Um, Yeah, so the the most important thing that these rules did was uh, it it kind of established what we— view as boxing today it, it established the parameters of the ring mm. uh it established how long rounds should go certain rules about uh, uh conduct and it also introduced padded boxing gloves before okay. this boxing was all bare knuckle and lots <laughs> of people died um, yeah that's that's rough. so yeah uh, after that the sport became even more popular than it had been and it was intru- reintroduced back into the olympics in 1904 I would say the sport probably reached its peak cultural saturation in the '60s and the '70s, mostly due to the man on your shirt right now, yes. one Muhammad Ali. Uh, yes, the greatest, the greatest, the great. I mean, arguably the greatest in any sport of any time. You know, well, you one, one of claim. the
1: very one of the very few people who trans who got so popular they single handedly made their sport more popular.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, definitely one of those. And he was like a real. Lightning Rod for controversy his mm-hmm. entire life as well. Check though, out the movie Ollie, starring Will Smith. as. It's not that good.
1: Though movie. I feel like history has proved him right. Yeah.
0: I mean, oh, in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. many, many things.
1: Oh, yeah. hundred uh, so, yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, so in the 80s, uh, boxing kind of began to take a backseat to professional wrestling, which started mm-hmm. to dominate the uh, uh, television at that time. And so they kind of adapted by... I feel like boxing has always kind of been looked at as the classier sport, you know? Oh, like, I, maybe. I, I don't know. It seems like it's it's a gentleman's game, you know? Now, and Now and I just started... sort of
1: envision, though, like these current, like, pay-per-view things of, like, guys with, like, giant feather boa hats and things like that. Sure. And, like, <laughs> um, That's um, the ringside thing. Ringside like, and, like,
0: tons of jewelry and... The, the pay-per-view events, especially like, you know, all the people ringside are in tuxes and evening gowns. Like it's a, it's a night out, like only the wealthiest people can go. And I remember being a kid and like, it was always a big deal if somebody got the pay-per-view to the fight mm-hmm. that night. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, these could be like $200. Yeah. This yeah. could be like extremely, it's like, yeah. it's like the same as buying a ticket in, to a, a real event. Yeah. You know, so it became kind of a thing. And then. I think the thing that kind of bridged the world of uh, WWF and professional boxing was uh, the ascendancy of Mike Tyson in the '80s, mm, who was okay. like he was he was this guy who was so powerful and so scary that like he added that extra layer of menace to it. He almost became kind of like a what's the what's the positive way to say a, uh, a cultural boogeyman? Like like he was mm, like like a heel, right? Kind of like, like a, a sh- heel, yeah. kind of like a well. And it was more like everyone was kind of in awe of him because of how powerful he is. If you're around my age, then in all likelihood, you've probably gotten into an argument on the playground uh, about whose dad could beat up Mike Tyson.
1: Oh, really? Okay. uh, I I didn't know this was a thing.
0: Oh, this is a thing. The answer is is no
1: one's dad. Unless unless you're Mike Tyson's son. Yeah.
0: Unless you're you're the son of Buster Douglas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like... Yeah, that was the thing. Those are the two things he would always say: uh, "My dad works at Nintendo, or my dad could beat up Mike Tyson." Oh, I didn't. I miss. I missed this time completely, which is just kind of meant to indicate like my dad is the strongest man alive Okay. because nobody's tougher and meaner than Mike Tyson. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I, I
1: will say, like, I think that the sort of fading out of boxing to professional wrestling. Like, I think that part of what makes boxing unique and memorable is because it is a single, single. Player sport. Right. Um, The characters can really shine through. um, And I think that's part of the appeal is like the personalities really come through and you have a boxer that you like. Yeah. yeah. uh, Actually, personally, as opposed to just like appreciating their sport. And then wrestling kind of took that idea and was like, oh, look, now it's all personality and right. all show, and so boxing kind of loses that edge, even but though also, boxing is actually a real sport.
0: You also couldn't really hang your hat on the personalities of wrestlers because storylines are changing all the time. Sure. Like, you know, Hulk Hogan made a heel turn, and he's like <laughs> a bad guy now, you know? so. But I mean, that happened with Mike Tyson, too. Like, yes, it should be noted, Mike Tyson is actually a real-life bad guy. Yeah. He was convicted uh, in 1992 of raping an 18-year-old girl and mm-hmm. he served three years in prison out of a six-year sentence. And then he kind of came back, started fighting again. And like within two years, the Evander Holyfield biting incident happened Yeah, where he tore, tore off a whole chunk of Holyfield's ear. He was banned from the sport for a while after that. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's, uh, he's, he's still a figure of controversy in the boxing circuit. Did
1: he push his mother down the stairs or am I getting confused with, uh, Dredrick Tatum, the Simpsons character?
0: I mean, that happened to Dredrick Tatum. I don't think it's but a real I, thing. I thought it
1: was based on an actual event. So, okay. I
0: couldn't be sure. No, okay. I'm not entirely well, yeah. sure. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, but okay. yeah, I, I think, you know, <laughs> Mike boxing. Mike Tyson, don't come here and like sue us for slander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or just punch, don't punch yeah, us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want you to, but he's probably still very strong.
1: Yes. Um, well, that was another crazy thing. Like in this knockout Kings game, one of the characters you played is Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Who like is still at the top
0: of the boxing game. Like yeah. 20 years later, it's pretty amazing. Dang. Yeah. I was surprised that he was in there. Um, but yeah, so boxing has definitely waned in popularity more and more over the years. Uh, it's fallen behind the WWE, and right now the UFC is kind of, you know, if you're going in for a combat sport, that's what's well, yeah, and that's the thing. It's happen. just in
1: a weird sort of middle ground of if you want something way over the top and, like, silly, you go to WWE, and if you want something where it's just people wailing on each yeah. other, you go to UFC.
0: Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. And and that's... They scratch different itches, I guess, and I think that the, the it's paper... It's also
1: very hard to scratch itches with boxing gloves
0: like I've it. tried. Yeah. It's really hard. Um, the... I don't know. I think the the pay-per-view model that was so successful for boxing in like the eighties and the nineties is now kind of the thing that, cuts it off from most society because that's still kind of the model yeah for big fights you still have to see it through like a pay-per-view and it's still like a big event well i
1: think that they've realized like that's the only you just have to find these sort of personalities that will draw people like a couple of years ago they did i think floyd mayweather versus one of the ufc guys conor mcgregor or oh right yeah yeah which is like kind of silly from a athletic standpoint <laughs> because, like, they don't play the same sport. Right. But it's like a, it's like a spectacle, and it made a ton of money, because it's like, okay, all we need to do is keep creating spectacle. But I don't feel like there's much more of a market for, like, the boxing circuit. No. Where, like, people climb their way up the ranks to get that championship belt.
0: No, not as such. And I think it's just kind of endured in popular culture just because, like— boxing movies tend to be really popular and they yeah. tend to like, there are a lot of really, I mean, really it's great classic boxing movies.
1: Very cinematic sport.
0: It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one man against another man. It's, it's uh, the action is easy to track, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, I guess in some, like I always remember spoiler alert for the first Rocky from 1976. <laughs> if you haven't seen Rocky, I don't know what the problem is with you, but um at the end when Rocky doesn't win, yeah, like I didn't understand that. Like, because i i don't know what's going on with the like the points of behind what the... Make
1: rocky good yeah is that that that's how it ends
0: that he yeah and then they kind of undid it in the second one where it's just like <laughs> all right we're going to do the same thing again but he's going to win this time <laughs> and then it just went from there
1: but sorry what were you saying you were saying like, like you didn't un- like I, the decision I don't really, the, the, the
0: decision making behind it like i don't know exactly what they're tallying so i just remember seeing that movie and being confused a little bit but still also like understanding this was a triumphant moment somehow like i think just the fact that he made it that long or or something Well yeah, that's but.
1: that's the weird thing with um all of these sort of combat sports in general is they come out of like martial arts and like olympic wrestling or judo where the goal is more to score points like that's right. much more commonly how you win matches than like knocking someone out Yeah yeah is um by you know showing good form and sort of dodging and hitting punches on your end Which, it's one of those things where, if you understand the game, I'm sure it's very enjoyable in that front, but it does make it kind of inaccessible to people who don't understand those mechanics. And they're like, oh, they just declared that person as the winner. Like, I totally get why it's not just two people pound on each other until one of them can't get up. Uh, Yeah, exactly. it, it should be decision, but it's like it's an anticlimactic way to end a lot of the time to have two people pound on each other and they are like, okay, you're out of time and this guy won.
0: Yeah, you don't sure. really know what's going on yeah. like behind the scenes with any of that. I have a couple little random bits of boxing trivia just because I like doing that. Sure. Uh, the record for the most career knockouts, this belongs to a guy named Archie Moore. He had 141 KOs in his career from 1935 to 1968. So, I, I mean, it's imagine... a long career too. Yeah, that's like,
1: true. I imagine that it was, they were much more lenient on like the round structure in the 30s. Yeah. Like it was more of just like box until one of you can't, you box until you're dead.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. Gather up your teeth. Ah, yeah. All right. Move along. Uh, so for a brief period in the 40s, bear boxing, uh, which pit a man against a bear wearing boxing gloves, became like a popular side Wait, so, show attraction. Really? Yeah, for real. I thought this was just a weird joke. No, no, I'm no, like, no. Okay. This is real. This is real. And they there actually was one like, Professionally uh, staged, like televised bear boxing event that was overseen by the Boxing Commission. That was in 1949, Uh, the bear one. How yeah.
1: did, who was, resp- were these, these must have been like trained, bear- They're yeah, trained bears. Okay. They're trained They're like bears. Okay. I mean, bears.
0: But I mean, you know, mm-hmm. when bears get aggressive, they get up on their hind legs and they like lash with their paws. So it's basically, it's basically like a boxing motion almost. Oh. They're not jabbing, but they are like hooking and swinging. So if you just blunt those claws with a glove, like they're still incredibly strong and will knock you down, and people died, but wow. you could, in theory, box a bear. Um, but luckily, that's How not much... something that ever happens anymore.
1: Okay. Yeah. If there. Here's a here's a moral question for okay. you, Steve. If
0: I would steal the bread. <laughs> okay.
1: <anyway. laughs> um, yeah. Well, if there was a c- trolley car going in two <laughs> directions, um, if they. Aired a bear boxing match on TV like currently. Yeah, would you watch it?
0: I don't. I'd like to think I wouldn't, and only. Uh, but I mean, I I imagine I wouldn't. Here's the thing: I imagine I wouldn't just because I do not seek out tele, live televised events. Okay. Um, I I would have to admit I'd be curious to see what happened. <laughs> Uh, maybe catch it's, the replayers' much is more it,
1: inhumane to the boxer than to the bear. It seems, but yeah, it it's, seems
0: like the boxer is gonna get the rougher end of that, but it is still animal cruelty. Like you are still true. trying to punch this bear and subdue it to like get away. I don't know. <laughs> would you box a bear? I guess that's the ethical question. yeah, how much like, how much yeah. would someone
1: have to pay you to box a bear? Yeah, boy, I don't it, know. would have to, Hard to say. would have to be a lot. <laughs>
0: And that's the thing. Like, I'd have to take a dive. I don't think I could punch a bear. I, I just don't think it's in me to punch oh, a I bear. Oh, I could
1: easily punch a bear. I would just be far more afraid that the bear would, like, just kill me afterwards. Oh, it's
0: Legends of the Fall over here. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, another little bit of trivia, and this one's getting a little blue, so cover the kiddo's <laughs> ears there. Yeah. But different athletes have different attitudes when it comes to sex before fighting. Uh, So Muhammad Ali, he would abstain for up to two or three months before a fight because he believed it gave him more of an edge. It made him a little more aggressive and a little more focused. But Ronda Rousey and a couple of other female boxers have said that they like to have sex uh, uh, pretty much immediately before a fight, okay. because it builds up their testosterone and kind of makes them more energetic and sure. and uh, enthusiastic. So maybe a difference
1: between your mileage w- way Men and women respond to. I don't. Yeah, know. Just,
0: yeah. It's it's just an interesting thing. I know that's been that's a thing in sports, and I don't really know what the. Uh, there was a
1: famous story where like uh, NFL player Lawrence Taylor like hired prostitutes to go into the opposing team's locker rooms right. before games. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So that it, that's kind of always been a thing. I really don't know how much truth there is to any of that. I think it's most mostly superstition yeah. more than anything. But well,
1: I mean, just finding you just find what works for you. I mean, I think yeah. that that's all there is to it, and just doing something consistently.
0: And one last thing is that approximately five hundred people have died in boxing matches since the introduction of the Queensberry rules. Uh, probably the most famous was a fight in nineteen forty seven when Jimmy Doyle was killed by Sugar Ray Robinson. And a lot of the reason this is famous, well, first of all, Sugar Ray Robinson is a very famous boxer, but also uh, he claims that he had a dream the night before the fight that he was going to kill his opponent, and he tried to get out of going to the match, but his his uh, he consulted with his manager and with his priest, and they convinced him to do the fight anyway. Wow! And he killed a guy. Um, Weird. Uh, completely not something he wanted to do. I of wonder. Course, but yeah.
1: I wonder just, like, how that would feel to have accidentally, like, punched some dude to death. Like, you just think, you just wake up and think about it sometimes and, like.
0: It's He's, been a while since I watched it. Did that happen in Raging Bull? I feel like I remember seeing that he killed somebody and then he was just kind of like, well, he shouldn't have been in there. Mm-hmm. You know, like he shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have come against, up well, against
1: to I'm going to give you a hot take here.
0: Yeah. Raging Bull was pretty boring. It's not a great movie. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I, I was, it's not my favorite. It's, it's no taxi favorite. driver. No, no, it's... no. It's, it's like weirdly bottom tier Scorsese for me. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I'll talk about it on my other show soon, Roger's List. <laughs> so check that one out. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about boxing video games. Uh, There have been a ton throughout the year, but uh, I feel like. efforts to establish, like, a long-running, consistent series have kind of fallen flat, Well, it's we basically n- haven't gotten any in a couple of years But it's at not, all.
1: like, a thing that, like, there's no merit for, like, a yearly installation. No. Because, like, the rosters don't really change. There's, like, yeah, yeah. you know, 30 famous boxers on the circuit or whatever, and it's, like, you get them in, and you're, like, okay, what are we going to do for the next game? Yeah, There's no rosters to update. There's no, like new stadiums to design it's yeah just...
0: there's not going to be a whole lot to change mean yeah. just kind of fine-tuning maybe they should go with like the platform model like just like have one boxing platform that just kind of uploads like uh like destiny or something okay you know? sure um but yes uh, the earliest boxing game i could find was boxing for the atari 2600 and the intellivision you have to love how simple they yeah. kept it like yeah. you knew exactly what you were getting with those games uh, so the game is mildly popular for its time, but it's not super remembered today.
1: I mean, imagine trying to play a boxing game with a joystick and one button to control both of your hands. Like,
0: right. It's, it's just it's
1: tough mechanically.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, 1985, we saw the game Ring King on the NES, which is really the only thing that's memorable about that game. Have you played that one? No. There are some in like some corner animations in between rounds that are Beyond suggestive. Okay. Uh, oh yes. It, it looks very okay. much like your manager is giving
1: you a blowjob in the yeah. corner. Yeah. I, I, now I don't remember if I've played that game, but I definitely know the animation
0: that you're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not great, but inarguably the most famous and best boxing game of all time. Sure. uh Not including Wii Sports, which is more <laughs> popular. It's somehow that always counts. Uh, is Punch Out. Uh, yeah, yeah no, Nintendo's sports game debuted in the arcades in 1983, but it was the NES port, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. I mean, it's very,
1: like, for what it's worth, the arcade version is very different, it's very different. You have
0: that wireframe guy, yeah. and it's just like, yeah. But yeah, Mike Tyson's Punch Out came out in 1987. Uh, and it, it used uh, Tyson's name and likeness were eventually stripped from it after his rape conviction. Well, it was just there, super there, the, punch out or it was just punch out. After it, that, was, right?
1: it was punch out featuring Mr. Dream. Mr. Dream. That's um, it. who yeah. they replace? who I think has the similar. Yeah. Who's, who's a white guy. Yeah. Um, similar model to Tyson. But um, yeah. And I, I, I've heard stories that they actually didn't, they didn't strip him out necessarily because of those convictions. Like, his right likeness was just sort of running out on the game. Re- they were going to like remake the game and oh, then his okay. likeness ran out and they're like, ah, we don't need to pay this
0: guy again. Yeah. But, so it is yeah. essentially the same Same thing. Right. But yeah, I, I, I still wouldn't imagine that Nintendo would no. want to be associated with him. Like if, yeah, if that had happened. Um, but yeah, punch out is really fun because it's just all about tells. Uh, if you haven't played it, it's all about like, watching for your opponent to make a face or, or make a gesture or something and knowing exactly what blow to land at that exact moment. Uh, and so it has kind of like a, a puzzle game mechanic yeah, to we'll it almost a puzzle or a rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that I think really established the flavor of boxing games and kind of said, okay, we have fighting games, we have brawlers, we have double dragon. Like how is a boxing game different? And punch, I was like, okay, this is, Indisputably boxing. Like yep. it feels like boxing, even though it's very cartoonish and over the top.
1: It's amazing like how that that's probably one of the best looking NES games. Like yeah. the amount of the characters and how expressive
0: they all are looks so good still. They really you know do. I mean? It's still so much fun. I've actually been wanting to break out my Wii version. Uh yeah, that game's
1: great. It's the great. Wii, the Wii version. And I haven't
0: played it in forever. Um but yeah, so we got two sequels. We got Super Punch Out on the Super NES and then Punch Out on the Wii, like some fifteen years later. Yeah. And that's kind of all we've gotten. They're from both. That they're both series. good as well. They're both great. Yeah, yeah they're they're all absolutely worth playing. Uh, and then there are a lot of ripoffs, uh, like Black and Bruised, Facebreaker, and one of the games that we're going to talk about today, which is kind of a rip-off, kind and of Wade uh, more since s- counterpunch. Counterpunch. That's, that's what yeah. we're talking about today. <laughs> um, so as far as more realistic boxing sims go, there really aren't very many memorable ones. Uh, George Foreman, Riddick Bowe, Buster Douglas, and Evander Holyfield—they all had their own games uh, with varying levels of success. Don King had a franchise Mm. for a little bit. There was one based off of an anime called Victorious Boxer that was supposed to be okay. I mean,
1: it's really, really tough. Like, if you were thinking about how am I going to design a boxing game on the SNES that's trying to be somewhat realistic, you just, because all you have is buttons to sort of dictate, like, punching.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: so it's just, you're never going to get sort of that sense of control and precision and power that you need to replicate a boxing
0: experience. No, no. Yeah, that's the tricky thing. It's like, you have to either kind of make it its own thing like Punch-Out did, or you just have to lean into some of the goofier mechanics. It's weird,
1: like, the more sort of stripped down a sport is, the harder it is to sort of replicate it. Like, the soccer is, like, can you kick past the ball and shoot the ball? Great, you're there. You're there. But, like, when you sort of, all you have is two people in a ring... You need something very sort of precise to put it over the top and make it interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the last game that we got that could be considered a boxing game is a, a VR game called Creed: Road to Glory, mm-hmm. where you get to uh, use virtual reality to imagine you are Michael B. Jordan. Ooh, I,
1: I would. I would. That's a use of virtual reality I can get behind.
0: I don't think I would leave. No, right? it's like no, no. I don't like it. there. Yeah, uh, exactly. I want to no. be Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, everything's don't make, so don't soft. Don't make me Steve Guntley again. No. Come on. <laughs> Look how saggy he is. No. Um, all right, let's talk about our first game here. Uh, Knockout Kings Two Thousand. This was—I re- don't know this why is, this was, I, uh, this was Guy Fox's
1: like uh, rallying cry. <laughs> Knockout Kings,
0: <laughs> remember, remember to <laughs> jab, jab, jab. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Knockout Kings 2000 was released October 3rd, 1999, developed by Black Ops Entertainment and published by EA Games. <laughs> it was also released on the PlayStation. Uh, Black Ops Entertainment, we actually talked about them recently. We don't talk about Black Ops Entertainment, it, Steve. Oh, That's true. We keep yeah, it we on, keep it on low. We keep, yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't tell us if we did. But yeah. yeah, we actually talked about them recently in kind of a, a backwards way because they are the studio that developed the James Bond games after GoldenEye on the PlayStation. So okay. they did Tomorrow Never Dies and the very different version of The World Is Not Enough that's on the PlayStation. I see. Both of them are not supposed to be very good. Uh, this company was founded in 1994, and they really didn't have much success beyond their brief partnership with EA on some of these boxing games. Um, really, their most notable title after this game was fugitive hunter, uh, wow. otherwise known as the game where you judo kick Osama or uh, Osama bin Laden into a oh, helicopter. Okay,
1: it's, I kind of remember that as like a trailer, but I don't never play the game. It's a terrible game, right?
0: It's it's like uh, I think it's almost as close as you can get to a good bad game. Okay, like where it's fundamentally like competent it's, enough to play, but it's also batshit and its total <laughs> premise and like its weird jingoism. It was such like a. Post 2001 reactionary game. Got it. Uh, so it's like, it's kind of gross, but it's like, like, it's funny that it is. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just funny that there's any game where Osama bin Laden is the boss. It switches from a first person perspective to a, a 2D fighting game. Okay. And then you judo kick him into a helicopter where he's brought into custody. Um, Yeah. Anyway, Black Ops Entertainment, they went under in 2006. So no Fugitive Hunter sequel. Um, let's talk about the series a little bit. The Knockout Kings series, this is only the second one in the franchise. Knockout Kings 99 established it the previous year on the PS1. Okay,
1: yeah, this is the only Knockout Kings game for N64.
0: Yes, yes, and previously EA tried to establish a 3D boxing game with a game called Foes of Ali, but that game had the misfortune of being a 3DO exclusive, so ah, no one ever has ever played it. Yeah. Um. So this is kind of their do-over. I think it used a lot of the same mechanics, just polished up you know and uh, a little better i feel like that's the se- secret to having a
1: game that seems very polished is like have earlier versions of it that no one played yeah it's like why those fire emblem games came out and were like so good on the game boy advance because they had been making them for years and years over in japan and like and, ironing out all the kinks yeah, and yeah exactly and we're like yeah. wow this game's so deep and fleshed out you're like yeah we've been making these 10 like years they nailed it first try <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. first try <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so Knockout Kings was going to be EA's attempt at like a prestigious sim franchise like Madden or FIFA. Uh, And the series was praised at at the time for its realism and the inclusion of real boxers. Uh, the series had annual releases up until two thousand three. After that, EA rebranded it as Fight Night, and that series lasts until two thousand eleven. Okay. Uh, but it hasn't; it's been discontinued. Uh, yeah. I think they're just focusing on UFC now.
1: It's it's a shame because I have I think I played Fight Night three actually quite a bit, and that game is great. Yep. what that game does that is so so smart. And this is basic. I think this was the point where like boxing games kind of figured it out is because you have a dual stick controller at this time. Yeah. Your right stick controls your right arm, your left stick controls your left arm and everything else is like a variation on block. That's so fun. like um you you know by sort of spinning the right hand, right stick around you do this big hook like go down and up and it'll hook up and then conversely you can try and block by, you know, holding R and pressing the right stick up. And so mm. it's very much like a sort of bluffing and anticipating what your opponent is going to do. And I feel like that's sort of the heart of what... This is what I always try to think about whenever we get to a new sport. It's yeah. like, what is the core element of what makes this sport what it is, and how do you replicate that in a video game?
0: I'm going to say and it's I, punching.
1: Well, yeah, it is punching. <laughs> I, I'm with you on that. But I think specifically <laughs> for boxing, it's a sense of sort of... your Each punch is a risk. Yeah, yeah. And you're kind of exposing yourself if you make a bad punch, um, and then your opponent can sort of capitalize on that by hitting your open area. Yeah, yeah. And so exactly. it it sort of has to have that sense of like, I'm 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 lining up for this big power punch, and I really need to sort of line it up right.
0: Yeah, and it's a little slower and more deliberate than like a fighting game yeah. or something like that. It takes a little bit more timing and strategy. No, not the fighting games. Don't take timing and strategy, but like it's a little, it's a little slower paced. But which,
1: which is accurate? I mean, which is much more accurate? Because if you think about like how a human being would actually fight, nobody can fight at the speed that they do in like Street Fighter, and Mortal Kombat. No, like no where way, no busting way. Busting out these huge combos. No, and yeah. Jumping up and kicking people in the air. Yeah, like this is really actually trying to mimic the way you know humans would actually fu- fight and you know get off balance and things yeah. like that.
0: And honestly, I think this game kind of nails that feel. Yeah. Um, this game is really funny. We have 25 different athletes here, uh, and they're all like real and some classic fighters like Muhammad Ali is in here. Yeah. So he's Sugar Ray Leonard. So there's a whole bunch of others. Uh, we had a great fight between Butterbean and Ali, <laughs> which uh, did not go the way you would think it would go. Um, yeah. And it's even gotten like contemporary boxers from the time like Oscar De La Hoya and stuff like that. Uh, so the game offers a simulation career mode and a more arcadey slugfest mode, and the big difference in gameplay style is the inclusion of a super punch. So, like in the slugfest mode, you can use a super punch. You still have the meter in the career mode; it charges up, but like it's not gonna let you knock out your opponent in one punch mm, like okay. that. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I we the game looks great. Oh yeah, first this of all. game like, this
1: game does look great, and that's. That's another tradition of boxing games. You want big characters. You want them to look unique and expressive. And you don't need a lot
0: going on 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 screen. So it's pretty easy to pull off these big, detailed character models. Also, a ton of voice work, like really detailed voice work where every character or every fighter gets their own little introduction. It's
1: not actually as I feel like Ready to Rumble had stuff much more in like a lot more was even spoken in that game. But yeah, like the presentation is really good. The crowd looks really good. This is maybe the best looking crowd we've seen on the N64.
0: One of them. Like they're they're still flat. They they still
1: look like cardboard cutouts. They still look totally two-dimensional, but like each person sort of looks different and they're not just like a giant blur.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they all look pretty substantial. And like... You get effects like, you know, we, we were fighting for a while and one of my guy's eye was getting bloody. Yeah. Like, there was blood trickling down his face. like it's <laughs> a very uh,
1: disturbing effect.
0: Yeah, it was, actually.
1: And, and, and um, like, like it's,
0: the, I think the other thing here
1: that's important is, like, the proportions look really good. Yeah. Um, like, there's a creative boxer mode in this. And this is one of the few games where you're not just creating, like some sort of ungodly pixel freak. Yeah, Like, so many of the wrestling games, you're just, like, a giant mound of brown flesh. Yeah. And, like, here you're like, oh, that actually, like, it's a crazy-looking person with, like, a mullet and rainbow-colored hair. Sure. But, like, it does look like an actual human being.
0: I was trying to make him look as strange as possible. I mean, as heavy as possible and as short as possible, but it still balances out. It scales appropriately, so it would still look like a person, you know? So it it was well done. I enjoyed the uh, the creative fighter bit.
1: Yeah, and like um, mechanically, um, your controls here are A and B are punch. Like one each one is a different hand. Mm-hmm. It's sort of your base punches, um, and then all of the C buttons are unique to each fighter. Like
0: yeah, it's um, it's re- replicating that fighter's specific moves or style. You know, so like. Which one with Ali? You press a button that just kind of made him do his little he like does like butterfly. a little taunt, which I think yeah. you
1: know charges up his power meter or something. And but like also a lot of his more signature punches would be like a rapid fire barrage of punches where you, as Butterbean,
0: um, Turkey. Is. Just just a big slow haymaker. You yeah, know? Like, exactly. Yeah, and that's, so that's it, I mean it be. works
1: really well of like, oh, I'm gonna I have to adjust my play style to the character that I'm playing as. They're not only differentiated in stats, they're yeah. differentiated in abilities. Which again is just totally what you want from boxing because like these sort of differences and character is really Something that makes the sport unique, yeah. And so to replicate that by giving everyone four different moves works really well.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely. And then you can uh, hold the R button to make your hits more powerful. It will mm-hmm. deplete your stamina faster, but you can land some nice hits, which is usually designated by like a little flash of light. To and some of these looked landed great. On. Like I yeah. absolutely
1: clobbered you. Yeah. And your character just went flying. Yeah. Like, he was. He sort of did this really um nice looking spin around hit the mat like that's another thing i think is good about this is like the punches feel like they have real impact and and weight and yeah There was it, it's rare that we can wa- watch an n64 game and go
0: ooh when,
1: a, when, right. when it, yeah, it, it yeah. Hit connects
0: there's a disconnect usually it's like oh no that box hit my box yeah exactly. <laughs> like, oh i hope it's okay but like this time yeah you could feel it and there's actually a pretty fun like normally we don't even like these but like there's a pretty fun replay mode mm-hmm. that gives you quite a bit of control over the shot you can zoom all the way in or out you can move around to every kind of angle and you can control it so we got to look at the animation of that hit like frame by frame and they're
1: very short clips um but I imagine that it's very much limited by you know the memory of the system but sure. it was still pretty impressive also yeah. Just a random aside, you know, the box, the ring girls are an important component of any boxing match or sure, boxing sure. game. Ring girl, you know, it had the, it was reminiscent of
0: something that was sexy. Like yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. That's a good like, way to put it. Like I could say, like if I played this twenty years ago, I'm like, okay, I'd be, I'd be into this girl. I'd be into this pixelated like, girl.
1: Yeah, this particular pixelated girl did not turn me on, but it reminded me of women who do turn me on. <laughs> um, <laughs> it,
0: it just, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way of putting yeah. it. I don't know whereas if that's a compliment the, or not. No, uh, it's, but, it's, but
1: whereas the other game we played. Did not do either of those things. It did not
0: try to do that so much. Um, I mean, this game, I will say it's pretty bare bones for the most part. Like... It, it it does what it says on the tin and you're you're gonna get a well, good mind your
1: game is in tins? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah do you right not do that? Yeah. No, I, right next to the peanut brittle. Oh, you yeah. open no. it up and copies of knockout kings come <laughs> shooting out.
0: That was my thing. Anytime I'm at my grandparents' house, I open every cookie tin. Most of it is just sewing material, okay. but like sometimes there's, there's a knockout, knockout kings, kings in 2000, there. Yeah. Every once in a while. Yeah. So I got a little stack. <laughs> um yeah, so there's just not really a whole lot to dig into. I guess that would be the only dig against it for me, is just really it's a little light on features, but uh, and I the think, core gameplay here is really fun. Like I was even saying, like okay, we have to play these other two games, but I'm kind of enjoying. it. I kind of want to keep playing. Yeah, this. Like, yeah, it,
1: and like it, it does feel like pretty precise. Like when you're blocking, you sort of can lean different directions, and it it was a game that you're like, okay, I kind of understand the basic mechanics of what's going here, and yeah. I'd like to sort of understand them better. I think yeah. another thing that's missing is a training mode. That would be um, nice. To really like help you practice leaning different directions for the different
0: punches. Yeah, yeah. Because this
1: game never really felt button mashy, no, but I really. also sometimes didn't understand why I was hitting and why I wasn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But I think there would be a lot of fun trying to just see all the different signature moves of all these different fighters and and really dig in and play around them with the mechanics here. Yeah, I, I liked Knockout King. Yeah, me too. I, I, I wanna I want to play it a little bit more. Uh, let's move on to our next one. It's a little bit richer on features. So yep. A little bit more to talk about. Uh, ready to Rumble Boxing. That's the number two for those keeping track at home. <laughs> and also the if cool you're keeping ready track ready at home. Ready Rumble Box. <laughs> ready Rumble Box. Also for people at home, uh, we got to play a jingle because this was released October 31st, Ooh. 1999. Yes, uh, this was developed by Midway Studios, San Diego, and published it's by
1: Midway. It's twenty-one year anniversary. Oh, How man. are you going to celebrate the twenty-one year anniversary of Ready to Rumble? Steve? Well, I'm going to take my N64 cartridge out to get a
0: beer, of course. Yeah, exactly. Obviously. You're going to put a big pennant over your front door. <laughs> Ready to Rumble boxing. You're a man now. Yeah. Uh, this was also released on Dreamcast, PlayStation, and Game Boy Color. No shortage of ways to play this. game. Oh, that's game.
1: that's one we could play for uh, one of the Patreons. It's, it's true. Great to rumble on Game Boy, absolutely. I'm sure it's fantastic. It's
0: got to be. It's got. It's a fighting game on Game Boy. Yeah. It's got to be good. Uh, so Midway Studios San Diego was an internal development team that eventually became THQ San Diego after Midway went under. Uh, The studio has a relatively small impact. Uh, They mostly worked on wrestling games before the acquisition, and their only major game post-acquisition was uh, Darksiders 2, which was fairly well-received. Yeah, Um, THQ had actually announced that this studio was going to be handling all of the games for their UFC partnership, but then the company announced in 2014 that they sold their UFC license to EA, and they were going to be shutting down the THQ San Diego studios and firing its 40-plus employees. So... Yeah, Got another one. I guess. <laughs> um, all right. A very important person we need to talk about in this game is Michael Buffer. Yeah. Uh, so the phrase "Let's get ready to rumble" is actually o- a registered trademark. The
1: only game built around an announcer, like it was clear right. that they're like, we need to make a Michael Buffer game. Yeah. And then they're
0: like, what? What can we do around that? Well, who would be another one? I'm, I'm trying. I'm drawing a blank. I mean, like, John
1: Madden, but he sort of started yeah. as a coach. Yeah, right? yeah. But I guess and, he got more he, famous than announcer. I don't know.
0: It I was, don't know. Could hard hard to say. But yeah, so uh, the Let's Get Ready to Rumble is a registered trademark owned by Michael Buffer. Uh, Buffer began his announcing career in 1982, and he was hired by ESPN to do boxing coverage in 1984. And that was the year when he used his now iconic catchphrase, which he took from uh, Muhammad Ali once again, because Ali used to refer to fights as rumbles. Like that was something that he learned from him. So yeah, he took it from there. Um, So he trademarked the phrase or Michael Buffer trademarked the phrase in 1992, which is a decision that will go down as one of the smartest business decisions in (laughs) history because he has netted an estimated $400 million in endorsement deals and royalty fees to date. Uh, his brother, Bruce Buffer, actually runs his company and kind of manages all these business okay. decisions. And he said he wants to get them up to $1 billion on Let's Get Ready to Rumble money, wow. which does not seem impossible, no, frankly. No, it's
1: just crazy to think that one one catchphrase could be worth so much. Yeah. I mean, he delivers it very well. It's There's true. There's no question about that. And plus- It is all in the delivery.
0: Uh, Michael Buffer was the exclusive uh, uh, announcer for uh, Trump Hotels, okay. like in for boxing games at Trump Hotels. So you know he's owed like a shitload more money. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> like, He'll never see it, but like he's owed probably at least another couple hundred million. Um, And
1: so I guess that means he's just like he's not in the Knockout Kings game.
0: He's not in the Knockout Kings game, but he is in many, many other things like basically like pretty much any time the phrase is used, he gets a cut. Uh, And this game was kind of developed around that phrase, as was a 2000 wrestling comedy movie called Ready to Rumble starring David Arquette, which introduced David Arquette to the world of wrestling, a world, weirdly, he is still very much in.
1: There's a documentary about that right now, which I have no idea what it's about. David Arquette is somebody who has been in the cultural zeitgeist for a long time, but I have no idea why, and I really know so little about him.
0: Like... Was I was randomly
1: okay. in a football game that I really liked. There was like a mode where you play against David Arquette's team, and I'm like, Weird. what the hell is going on?
0: Yeah, who is this person? His career has been like really kind of blessed that he's still around. Like, yeah. I I only knew him from Scream, and okay. then, and he wasn't even all that good in Scream to be <laughs> honest. But like, he kind of blew up from there. But uh, yeah, he he actually won the WCW Championship title a couple years ago. Like, he's actually like a real pro wrestler now. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, so, um, yeah, Buffer and Bruce, uh, like I mentioned, they manage the business operations and they are very, very vigilant about unauthorized uses of the slogan and they're very quick to sue to shut you down. However, if you pay the fee, Buffer is likely to show up and say the line in person, Sure. uh, which, you know, which he's done many times.
1: You can't fault the guy. Like that's a pretty reasonable way to go about it. You're just like, I'm going to crack down on people who use it, but like, I will be there You like, I'm not just gonna hoard it. He's not like, oh, yeah, yeah. Scrooge McDuck in it. No (laughs) rumbling for anyone, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Nobody can rumble, nobody can be ready. Nobody get ready to sit still, (laughs) ha, do that, yeah. So, on TV, he's uh, uh, upset the line on The Simpsons, on SNL, on South Park, on Jeopardy, on The Clerks Animated Series, on Phineas and Ferb, and on America's Next Top Model, as well as pretty much any other TV show that asked him to be on. In film, uh, Buffer has appeared in pretty much every movie that had boxing or wrestling in the last 30 years. That includes many of the Rocky movies, the Creed sequels, and he's even played some characters in addition to cameos for himself. And the most notable one is the 2009 film, You Don't Mess With the Zohan, starring Adam Sandler, where Michael Buffer is the villain of the movie. Oh,
1: really? Playing so like he's a, like a major character.
0: He's like a major character. He's acting. He's playing a wealthy industrialist. Um Also, that's just the weirdest fucking movie ever made. Well, I really want Um, to watch it now. And uh, he also appeared, this one's crazy, I didn't know about this. He appeared in Tim Burton's Dumbo reboot, where he's the announcer in the circus, and at one point he says the line, let's get ready for Dumbo.
1: That's pretty fun. I kind of now want to watch that, that movie. Yeah.
0: Just because how dumb that is. And weirdly, we have encountered him before on this show because he was the announcer of Clay Fighter yeah. 63. Okay. See, third. I was
1: wondering about that because that ca- catchphrase at the start is, let's get ready to crumble. Yeah. And I'm like, did they use that uh, a parody law or something? Well, it's like, oh, it's actually him.
0: Interestingly, I've got a mini game for you. Okay. I- I've got real approved uh oh. slogans that have been used in advertisements and other things uh so i'm gonna say the line i want you to tell me what you think this is whether
1: this is a michael buffer approved usage of it or oh, these, these
0: are all approved these oh, are all oh, things that are out it. there so I'm just i have to curious guess what, what the product think. is yes okay yes the first one is actually let's get ready to crumble okay. but it's not clay oh. fighter it's a food product
1: uh i'm gonna guess uh blue cheese
0: you're not far off. It's uh, uh, the shakable Parmesan, the oh craft, sure, craft Parmesan cheese.
1: Well, also confusingly though, because that's already crumbled.
0: It's already like, crumbled. Well, y- sometimes you get clumps. I guess you can crumble them. Uh, but I don't I, know. I, I feel like it should be the blue cheese chunks. It probably should, yeah. but you know, hey. Or feta. Uh, how about this one? Let's get ready to bundle.
1: Um. Ooh. Uh, Xfinity. Or like a Com- Comcast something. Like
0: that. Uh, again, you're in the right. Uh, you're in the right area. It's Progressive Insurance. Oh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> They have to bundle home and auto. You yeah. Know? Okay. Um. All right. How about let's get ready to shuffle.
1: Ooh. Ah. Uh, Magic the
0: Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> the Wizard of the Coast finally put out that big money for mm-hmm. that. I would love yes. that. That's amazing. It's actually World Series of Poker. Okay. That and then makes the last one. Uh, and this one just bothers me, and you'll see why. <clears throat> let's get ready to win big. No, well, even the it, sounds it sounds terrible. Sounds uh, terrible.
1: Excalibur Casino. <clears throat>
0: uh, again, not you're you're very close on <laughs> all these. It's the Mega Millions jackpot lottery. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah. So Ooh, you, yeah. That's Let's some get of ready
1: the- to win big. Is that's, that's like um, that's so sweet. That's like
0: the uh, the Simpsons where
1: Radiation Dude has his knockoff catchphrase: "Up and let's go." Exactly. <laughs> that's what
0: that feels like. Yeah. Up and let's go. All right. Sorry. Let's I just I thought that was fun. I don't know. It's uh, uh he the man's made a lot of money saying five words. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Sure. It's a good work if you can get it. He's
1: brought a lot of joy to many people.
0: Yeah. Uh so let's talk about this game. So Ready to Rumble is uh it's a total arcade boxing experience. I think yeah. you know the Knockout Kings had an arcade mode, it had an arcade feel, but it is going for a little bit more verisimilitude than we're getting much, here. Much,
1: much more verse. Like, on yeah. the verisimilitude meter, that was like an eight. This is like a one.
0: Yes, like. there you go. <laughs> uh, also, who's keeping that meter? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the main gameplay here uh, is, you know, like, it's just a boxing game with kind of bigger, wackier characters that mm-hmm. seem like they're kind of channeling the spirit of Punch-Out!, if not really the gameplay. Yeah, I
1: will say, like... I appreciate, like, so many of these sort of quote-unquote wacky characters divulge into, like, weird racial stereotypes. Yeah. um, That's not... Of, like, where they're from, and I don't feel like this does. It
0: feels uh, more international, necessarily, but, like...
1: And there's some, like, lineups of stuff that is not immediately what you'd go to. Like, there's some guy with, like, this big sort of buff guy with a bunch of tattoos and do-rag, do-rag, but, like, he's from New Zealand. Yeah, he's like a Maori. I think this is a character in the second one. Yeah, yeah. But, like, a Maori boxer is not, like, something that someone, like, as one of your go-to stereotypes.
0: Yeah, you don't really have a, a preconceived notion of that. And even, like kind of the the face of the franchise mm-hmm. is a guy named Afro Thunder who's right. just an African American guy with a gigantic And he's, and he's Afro. kind of like a black exploitation parody. A little thing, bit, but, but like also it doesn't feel like you're you're poking fun no, at him. No, he's not for like doing race. like
1: weird like jive talking things and no. stuff like that.
0: He's just he just got this one over the top characteristic. and he so, move and he
1: like, moves stylishly but like it looks good. It doesn't feel like it feels it feels natural to the character and not just put in there as some kind of joke.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like a um um I don't know clay fighter. Honestly, yeah, it's yeah like clay definitely fighter. clay fighter. And
1: <laughs> I remember, uh, I think the Vigilante Eight games had some yeah, trouble.
0: Yeah, yeah, they had a bit of that as well. Um,
1: it also yeah. has a character I really like, uh, Big Willie, who Big is Willie, an old timey boxer, and that that's just. <laughs> That old timey st- boxing stance always makes me laugh. He's got, the, he's got the
0: mustache. He's wearing and- the long trousers, yeah. like uh, buckled up to his nipples, and just like uh, uh, yes, yes, yeah. yeah, it's always pretty fun. There's to watch even that. there's some female boxers in here too. Yeah, we get um, um, in this one. It's Celine Strike and Lulu Valentine. Okay.
1: And um, they're just mixed in. So like there's no, there's no weight categories here or anything like that.
0: And buffer when he's doing the announcements, like he'll say like, Oh, the, the men are in like the red trunks Mm -hmm. with the white trim. And then the girls are in the red dress with the white trim, you know?
1: Yeah. And like, he really records a lot of dialogue here. Like before every match, there's a little cutscene of him saying his line, but then they'll cut to like in the red shorts from Brazil and then they'll like give like a decent amount of backstory on the character, very clear audio. He sounds very good. Yeah. I mean he's a professional. And he
0: appears in game too as well. They do render him in the
1: yeah. game, uh, like a
0: cartoony version. But like of that
1: that is a really impressive amount of uh sound. Yeah. And, on, and on an N sixty four card
0: for sure. So the main gameplay here, the the hook here is your rumble meter. So the by hook and the jab, the hook, the jab, the punch uh, is your rumble meter. When you successfully land blows, you get a different letter in the word rumble. When it charges all the way up, when you get a full word, then you can hit your A and B button at the same time to uh, go into a superpower mode called uh, rumble flurry, and then you'll be able your hits will land more damage. It's um, kind of
1: like, I mean, this is a midway game. So this is definitely like them trying to take sort of the vibe and aesthetic of your NBA hang time or your NFL blitz and put it into a boxing game, which is something that I would be all for. Like, I love that midway aesthetic of let's just be goofy, let's make everything fast paced. Yeah. But I don't think that they stick it here. Like, those other games that I mentioned are like very, they, they all play very fast, but they're very tight and you feel like, your controls all make sense,
0: right? Not Kn- Knockout Kings. Like I think going from Knockout Kings to this was a little bit jarring because, right. like, you do feel like you have so much more control over your fighter in Knockout Kings than you do here. Like, it's it's looser by intention, I think, yeah. but sometimes it also leads to goofier it moments, like clipping through each very
1: other, very sloppy, like compared to Knockout Kings. And I think by almost most standards, like your characters move so much faster and can kind of just slide around the ring constantly.
0: Which kind of means we don't really have the same weight that we felt with with the last game. Like, we don't feel the impact of the hits as much. And, yeah,
1: you just kind of... Like, the control here is a lot more confusing, too. Like, whereas I really liked in Knockout Kings where A and B buttons are sort of your standard punches, which is how it should be, because those are the buttons you access the most. Sure. Here, they um, they use as, like, a high block or a low block. Yeah. And all your C buttons are your different punches. But... I don't know. This is just really a thing that I've noticed uh, doing this podcast for so long is that the C buttons on the N sixty four just I don't like them. No, because no, they're, not,
0: they're yeah they're too small. They're, they're small too and
1: they're just not intuitive. Like they're, the way they're laid out, there's no sort of logic of what your high punches and your low punches are. No, like here it's like up and right C are your high and low right hand punch. Yeah, and left C and down C are your low and high left hand punch. And I just could never sort of wrap my head around what button was gonna punch where.
0: Yeah, like you you don't really feel the the precision that you would in in the other game. But this game does have a feature that I think is actually super cool and that's like the um oh, what did they call it? The championship uh, mode. Yeah, the championship yeah. mode where basically you're it's like a career mode in most other games. You're going to yeah. take your fighter uh through the ranks and then just try and like uh, uh win fights. And so they you have to train your fighter in uh, these little mini games, or you can choose to skip the mini games if you don't want to play those. You could just set it to auto.
1: Well, and I will say, like, so some examples of these mini games yeah.
0: are they're mostly just sort of press these buttons in rhythm,
1: yeah, um, which like to mimic this sort of jumping rope or doing the speed bag or things like that. And the mini games, at least the ones we play, don't work very well. Like, Not they great. Don't, they don't feel responsive. They're either too unforgiving. Or they just sort of go too fast and like they're just not very fun. So I imagine you'd play each one maybe three times and then just switch it to auto.
0: Yeah, it's, I can't decide if it's them acknowledging that their game is kind of like not super fun to play or maybe Mm -hmm. they're just trying to streamline this process. But like you can automate it so that you don't have to worry about the mini games. But you uh, build up money by winning prize fights. Uh, You can wager during the prize fight modes. Uh, and then you can use that money that you win at that to buy more mini games, which will train different stats for your character. It gives you a lot of opportunity to buff up this character and then take him out into exhibition fights. You also get to save your character to uh, a memory card, and you can like bring it over to a friend's house and like play against their fighter.
1: Yeah. So like weird, the weird aspect of the design is like these are all used with the pre-designed fighters, though. It's not like you're creating a fighter to sort of you know, take through this mode, which is a little weird because it means when you play this sort of standard arcade mode in this game, the characters have full stats. Yeah. And then when you go into this championship mode at the start, they're running at like, you know, a quarter of their usual ability. So you were talking about how the controls feel even less responsive. Yeah. In this championship mode, because you're like, oh, my character is not is not as dexterous. Right. Yeah. I, I hate that. Why is dexterity a thing that I think I blame Dungeons and Dragons yeah. that dexterity <laughs> became a regular terminology. And charisma. Yeah. 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 Charisma. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're like. Just I want stats that make sense. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I understand strength. I understand speed. Yeah, like dexterity. What the hell is that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um yeah, I don't know. I really appreciated like that this mode was in here. Like, yeah. it, it made it. They made the game a lot deeper than I was expecting it to be, and yes. it actually makes it a little deeper than Knockout Kings in a lot of ways. Like,
1: it's such a weird trade off because yeah. I do agree that like this mode is really good and fits really well with a boxing game, just the trade-off is you have to play this game. Right. Like, the dream world is this mode in Knockout Kings. And,
0: gangs. like, I don't think this is a terrible game. I actually quite enjoyed this see, game. See, I disagree.
1: I think this is a terrible game.
0: Oh, see, yeah, I, 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 think it's, I think it's perfectly fun, like, for what it is. I think uh, going off of Knockout, knockout, knockout Kings is definitely better uh, for what it is, but, like... I, I enjoyed my time with this one. I don't know. Like, I, found I enjoyed like, it much I found more than it I expected. So, I
1: mean, just, you know, there's nothing more embarrassing than me losing to you in video games. <laughs> I was glad that no one else was around to see that. Um, but, like, I felt like you just kept pummeling me, and it, I sort of never got an ability to, like... Every time I would start to try to punch, yeah. you would just knock me down, yeah, and, like, I would never get a chance. And, like, the block mechanics never seemed very responsive. I don't know, like... Knockout Kings, I sort of was able to sort of plan and feel like I knew what was happening. Yeah. Even even when, you know, you were beating me or whatever. But, like, here, I just felt like random shit was happening and, like, the rounds were over so fast. Because if you knock someone down three times, the round's just over. Yeah. And they sort of, each time they get up, they have less and less health. So I think some of these matches, you knocked me down in, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, like, th- this game just felt very lazy and glitchy to me. Like, everything moved... And I love, like, the midway aesthetic of, like, everything is going to move really fast. But, like, yeah. here between rounds, the screen kind of just goes black. And then it restarts, and it's, like, round three. Yeah. And you're, like, wait, w- what the he- what the heck just happened? There's like, barely
0: even a bell before you're, like, in the fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. like, the
1: camera's sort of always spinning around in weird ways. It just... And then, like, even the environments that you played in, like, the crowds there just felt very sort of tepid and sort of removed and small.
0: I didn't even notice that. I don't them, know. Yeah. There was
1: just... It really had a sense to me of, like, just not very much work put in here. And maybe that's true of this N64 port specifically. Um, I'm wondering. But it felt like a pretty low-tier effort.
0: I don't know. I I, I can't, like, directly argue with anything that were saying, <laughs> but, like, I did... I enjoyed the experience. I wasn't mad at any of the mechanics that were going on here. It didn't feel particularly broken to me. It felt like... Yeah, I agree. A little loose, a little lazy, um, but me—I may- I, don't—I don't think it's a terrible game at all. Okay. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll hash that out in the rankings. We <laughs> we'll, we'll hash that out in the ring. Yeah, well, I, I guess that's say, the thing. Hear I, it we now. We should mention like we had kind of a loose idea for this episode, like back in the days before COVID. That we were gonna go to like a boxing gym and like just kind of try and get a lesson and like yeah. maybe fight against each other to right. see how it would go. Um,
1: it, it didn't I, feel I don't know. Yeah, maybe that'll still happen at some point, at some but point. Uh, now doesn't quite feel like the right time to put on someone's old sweaty gloves and like
0: <laughs> draw blood from people yeah, and sweat. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Uh, place your bets on who you think would have won. Um, for, <gasps> for, alert, for reference, I'm six Steve. foot five, I'm 230 pounds, and there's two of me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be fine anyway. <laughs> Um, one thing to note about the characters, there's 17 in this game. And I mentioned that Afro Thunder is kind of the face of the franchise and he is the only one of this entire series to cross over to another game. He was a hidden character in the very middling wrestling game, TNA impact. Okay. So, you know, take that for what it is. He's a superstar. Um, let's talk a little bit about the sequel here. Ready to rumble boxing round two. This was released October 23rd, 2000 made by the same team and it was also released on dreamcast playstation ps2 and game boy advance and uh
1: didn't you say ps2 ps2 this was actually
0: a launch game on ps2 here in the state game with maybe
1: the most twos in the title it is ready to rumble round two for ps2
0: at least until yeah yeah there you go i was gonna say until we get like fifa 22 for yeah but that wouldn't appear on ps2 so you've got to beat on that (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I think if you're an early PS2 adopter, you'll know this game better than most. Um, Because you didn't have much choice. It was was this or the Fireworks one. Uh, It's also a handful of games that hit both the N64 and the Game Boy Advance, so not a lot of crossover there otherwise. Oh, yeah. But that could be another episode, too, Talk about Game Boy Advance ones. It's this and, like, Donald Duck going quackers, I think. Yeah. so what is new in this sequel? It came just about a year later, so not a whole lot of time to make a new sequel. And you know what? They really didn't put a that, whole that hell really of a lot shows. of new stuff in here. Um this game does not really try to mess with the formula too much. I think the biggest addition here is that now there are three rumble meters. You can charge it up three times if you're able to unleash your uh, 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 Rumble flurry at the peak of your meter, then you'll be able to instantly KO the other person. But see, like we never got to that.
1: Mechanically, like it's just not well balanced because it's like usually if you hit someone enough to charge up your Rumble meter that much, you've already won the fight. Yeah, pretty and it's much. just such like a win more mechanic of like you only get Rumble when you're punching someone. Yeah, and so like oh you've pounded me and now you get this sort of power up on your gloves. Like they need. Really, if they wanted to make it more exciting, the rumble goes the other way. Right. Like you get rumble while well, you're getting punched so that it's a natural sort of
0: slingshot oh, that mechanic. Good, that would be a good fix, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, the other thing they added here is a four-player uh, tag team mode, but like we didn't really mess with that. We don't. Have I to imagine.
1: I imagine it is no fun because yeah. any game like this um, where you're trying, like I think of there's a four-player mode in Def Jam Fight for New York, yeah, which is no a fun. fantastic game, but that mode is no fun. Because
0: same with like we we tried at. this with some of the wrestling yeah, games we exactly. played. Even the ones we enjoyed, you bring in four players, It's just kind of a clusterfuck. Right.
1: Well, because they're all based. Your movement is all based around relative to another character. So yeah. If there's three other characters in the ring. Your movement is all. All messed
0: up. So in this game, I was definitely feeling the glitches more. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I didn't really, I don't know, they, they weren't bothering me in the first game, and they definitely were bothering me here. And I think it's because this one was developed with the PS2 in mind, and so yeah. this is a downgrade. I imagine port. this
1: is a much lazier port because there's really a sense of, like, the N64 is a thing of the past. Oh, yeah, And, like, yeah. we'll put something out on there because it's not very much work, but we're not going to put much effort into it.
0: And that's kind of what this feels like. Like, I don't know, Ready to Rumble 1 came out at the height of the N64's popularity. They would have wanted to put a little bit more effort into making this look good, yeah. especially with the Dreamcast not really blowing up the way people thought it would. But uh, yeah, this one does feel a little more tossed off. There were, there was a lot of clipping issues, Mm -hmm. uh, some really bad slowdown, like lots of glitchy little moments that I found distracting and it felt very unbalanced in a weird way. Like, like hits, like some, I had some characters, like my guy, my guy was like pummeling the shit out of you and it wasn't because I was better at the game. (laughs) Like I wasn't doing much. I was like pressing like the same punch button three times and you're like on the ground and it just felt very unbound. Like my guy was big and heavy, but like weight class hadn't mattered no, previously. No, it doesn't
1: matter. Yeah, Everyone can fight anyone else. But.
0: And then like we tried another fight, and then like it was the same issue. Like I, I don't know. And, and the the size of the characters feels like it impacts things too much. Like if you play a tall character they're a little lankier and clumsier and it's kind of hard to but it doesn't feel like intentional, you know? It just right. feels like
1: Again, it feels very sort of loose and just um not not polished. Yeah. I will say one the one of the very few additions that I noticed to this game is the camera is feels more zoomed in yeah. and the character models seem much bigger, yeah. which I think makes the game look a lot noticeably better i wouldn't say a lot better but like i think that's the right choice i guess but,
0: that is the weird thing about ready to rumble one is that the the ring feels very big and yeah. your characters feel like they're swimming around in it a little bit yeah and that's not the issue here or in knockout kings yeah. but
1: like you still you still move pretty fast in this game and yeah i i want to talk just very briefly like the female care this game has an additional female character um and the the boobs in this game are gross. Like, I, it, like, yeah. Whereas I was talking about in Knockout Kings, how, like, the ring girl was like, yeah, that's, you know, that's that seems like a pretty lady. Sure. But, like, here, they just look weird and, like, they have way, way too much jiggle. And, like, the jiggling will keep going. Like, yeah. their
0: body will stop moving and then the jiggling look, will still, like, you be flying all were, over the place. If
1: you are a female boxer, I am willing to bet that you wear that a large quantity of jiggling would impinge your ability to box well and you would wear something that sort of
0: restrains those fellas. One would have um, them, them boys. Them boys, yeah. <laughs> Restrain them um, boys.
1: And again, it, it was just interesting in the sense of like, this felt like a game that was trying to be titillating in sort of that way. Like the new female character just basically has a bra as like, or like well, a like, bathing suit.
0: Well, like. here's the thing. Lulu was in Ready to Rumble, the first oh, one, okay. but like the, the animation did not have uh noticeably erect nipples. Yeah. Or like I don't know, very weird jiggle physics. It I don't just, know. It, it just it feels weird. very it's very weird eerie. whenever
1: we play an N sixty four game that it seems to be intending to be titillating because you're like, did anyone think this was sexy like at any time? Yeah. It just you look at it now and it just feels kind of yeah,
0: yeah. Just,
1: yeah, I really, I found our fight between two female boxers to be very uncomfortable. It was. And you it was and I have watched some way. weird movies together. Yeah, and like somehow it was just the grunting of them and like, it, yeah. It also
0: felt very hypersexualized yeah. the way that they like uh, made their noises. Like the the male boxers did not grunt and groan the same way no. when they fought. I don't know. Spe- so it,
1: speaking of titillation, this game has some beloved secret characters. It does, <laughs> in
0: true Midway fashion, they hit a bunch of random celebrities in this game. Um, yeah, so the uh, and a couple things about the characters too. Uh, the PS2, Dreamcast, and PS1 versions get twenty-two characters to choose from. Uh, but the N64 loses six of them. Okay. Uh, in order to accommodate like some of the the downgrade in graphics, so like that's kind of a big cut to your roster if you're yeah. losing six characters. But the big new additions this time are a couple of real world figures in classic midway tradition. Both Bill and Hillary Clinton appear in the game, credited as Mr. President or the First Lady. Sure. Um, we also get basketball superstar Shaquille O'Neal. And the biggest get here is Michael Jackson. Uh, The pop star had always been interested in video games. You know, he had the Michael of Jackson Moonwalker games in the 80s and 90s. And then he did the music for Sonic the Hedgehog 3. And around this time, he was lending his likeness to make cameos in games. So I think the same exact year, he appeared in Space Channel 5 on the Dreamcast.
1: Seems like a much better fit for him. Much better
0: fit. And he also uh, appeared in this game. And it wasn't just a matter of lending his likeness either. He showed up to the studio. He did mocap. He recorded voice work. Wow. They, they pitched his voice down uh, to make it sound like more masculine and deeper. But otherwise, it, he actually showed up and did the work. Um which is kind of surprising for like, this feels like too small of a game and he feels like too big of a celebrity. Sure. For this mi- uh, mix, but uh, no, he showed up, he did it.
1: I mean, I, I imagine that this game feels like much more of a fully fleshed game on the PS2, yeah. I think. It just, it felt, yeah, it felt very under undercooked on the uh, N64.
0: A little bit, a little bit. Um, one other thing about Ready to Rumble, there was another sequel, Ready to Rumble Revolution. It came out on the Wii in 2008 Uh, That one was published by Atari, and it was actually developed by Aki Corporation, which is the same team that made so many memorable N64 wrestling games. But apparently that same magic did not apply to a motion sensor boxing game. Uh, Ready to Rumble Revolution was critically panned, commercially ignored, and the franchise died right there. (laughs) Uh, There has not been any interest in reviving the brand whatsoever. Um, Which, you know, I I enjoyed the first one, uh, less, less so the second one, but... I'm still not clamoring to bring it back. I don't think no, we need. I don't think no. we need this series in the world anymore. Um, are you ready to move on to rankings? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Let's, let's close this out. So uh, each week we are ranking the games that we are talking about. I'll start us off on this one. Sure. Um Yeah, uh, Knockout Kings. I think definitely the best game that we played today. Uh, really, kind of a, a little hidden delight. I, I didn't know that this. I would. I, I wasn't expecting to like this game as much as I yeah. did. I'm putting it at number 34 and that's above, uh, the Ken Griffey jr. Baseball game. Oh, nice. Um, ready to rumble. Uh, again, another welcome surprise for me, at least. Uh, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I think, uh, the, the f- creative fighter mode or not the creative fighter the championship yep. mode is really clever and neat. innovative and you know the action's a little loose and goofy but it was fast it was fun so I'm putting this at number 49 wow. and that's going to be right above Wayne Gretzky 3D Hockey
1: holy shit man and then
0: ready to rumble round two, uh quite a bit lower it just felt glitchier it felt lazier and it just wasn't as much fun to play plus all the gross sexist stuff really kind of turned me off that's number 109 and that's going to be underneath A Bug's Life so,
1: well, Steve, scattered. you remember you remember last week oh, we, we had our biggest differences in uh, the Kirby game
0: where we're, we we're drifting
1: further and further apart. Um
0: <laughs> This is this is good actually. We're getting a little variety to the list here. Anyway,
1: I do agree with you. The Knockout Kings definitely the superior game here. I, I like Knockout Kings a lot. Yeah. Um I think that it played really well. Though for what it's worth, like I don't feel like it would be a game that I would it's so it was so light on content. Like I didn't and at the core, like I would probably rather play an average fighting game than it. Like I would rather play Mace the Dark Age. Yeah, which you know is true of most games. Sure. I like Mace the Dark Age, but like, um, it, it felt pretty light on feature and I would be happy to play it for the amount of time we played it and maybe even a little longer. But I don't know how good those legs would be. So I'm putting it at number 96. Okay. Um which is right above Body Harvest. Not bad. No. Um no, I, again, I like it. I think I would definitely recommend it, but mostly I would recommend playing the Fight Night games with the
0: dual sticks I was going to say they, you might want to get I forget which Fight Night uh, one of the GameCube ones came packed in with Punch-Out uh, oh, neat. on the on the disc, so that might be the one to go for. It's-
1: um, yeah, because it's so hard to find punch so out. So hard to find know, punch play out, it. you know. Um, I did not like the Ready to Rumble boxing <laughs> games. Um, I found them frustrating, not engaging, and they move too fast. And I don't know. I just never understood the mechanics. I'm putting Ready to Rumble at number uh, t- 216. Oh, wow. Um, which is right below Wheel of Fortune. Wow. I would rather play
0: Wheel of Fortune than Ready to Rumble. That um, is That is a massive difference. Yeah, yeah
1: wow. Um, okay and i'm putting ready to rumble round 2 right under it i i felt that these games were of very comparable quality to one another but i didn't i did not like the uh, sort of sex yeah the sexist aspects of yeah
0: ready to rumble round two, but I did not enjoy either of them. Wow. Yeah, all right. No, I want, that? I want people to write in and uh, yeah, tell us who's right. Tell it, tell like, us who's right on this. Cause I feel like that, that's a, that's a big diversion. Yeah. From I feel there. like now like a, we a eventually 200 point do have, have, the,
1: have the boxing match to decide who, who is right I, about I ready think to we'll rumble. have to do that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, we have some amazing letters this week. Oh, so I'm excellent! Very I, those to are my favorite
1: in. kind of letters.
0: Um, this first one starts: "Hey Woody and Steve." Ooh, we get me, me first. Ooh, ooh, ooh. look who's getting big for his britches. Yeah, uh, 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 reverse <laughs> alphabet. <laughs> uh, I've been meaning to write in for a long time now, and was hoping to get in on the banjo tooie episode. It just so happens to be my favorite game, though I find your grievances legitimate. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of the I could show. T- I,
1: for what it's worth, like yeah. I could totally see being Banjo-Tooie being someone's favorite. Oh, game. Oh, a thousand percent. Because yeah. like, if that is a great game to have be your favorite game, because there's so much like junk in that game that you really need to like get into it to really enjoy
0: it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. it's very true. I'm a huge fan of the show, and you two and your assorted guests have helped me get through some grueling shifts as a mail carrier. Oh man, standing standing in front of a steel box. Hang in, and- in there, man. Yeah, we're, right. We're, we're pulling for you. We're you're you're carrying democracy on your back right now. Uh, standing in front of a steel box in 115 degree heat throwing letters is made bearable by your criticism and bashing of my favorite titles like <laughs> like Glover and Donald uh, Donkey Kong Donald 64. Glover like Don- <laughs> I think that's what I did there. Yeah. I think that's what I did. Donkey Kong 64. <laughs> Donald uh, Glover 64 where you you play as Lando Calrissian <laughs> and then just transcend every genre you attempt. Yeah, yeah go for it. Uh, your humor is much appreciated, and your dedication to in-depth reviews on games that do not deserve that honor is awe-inspiring. <laughs> Keep up the good work. I've got plenty of stories about growing up with the N64. I learned to read because my mother didn't want to sit by me every time I played Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, uh, nice. But I'll save some of those for future emails. Yeah, for please. right now, I want to ask you a question in the form of a story. <laughs> okay. In preparation for the next episode, you two are deep in the throes of research. I imagine Steve is usually examining a cartridge under a microscope while Woody dutifully takes notes. I don't know if that's the dynamic, but you do have a quill pen. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, The room fills with a bright light, and before you understand what is happening, you find yourself in the cabin of an alien spaceship. Oh, man. Four-eyed, bipedal creatures study you inquisitively, seemingly interested in your life and culture. After a few back-and-forth gurglings and gestures, you realize the language barrier is too great to overcome. Okay. But the aliens have a backup plan. They present you with a receptacle, and upon inspection, Uh-oh. you realize it houses three perfect slots for Nintendo 64 cartridges. No disk drive, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. My question, what three games do you present to the aliens to explain the human experience? My answer, Ooh. NBA Hangtime for its unparalleled realism and depiction <laughs> of the human form. Yeah. Golden Eye to show our violent tendencies in RCP 90s. <laughs> And Glover, because it needs more clout. Uh, Excited to hear your answers, and again, love the show. Stay safe, stay cool, and play Majora's Mask soon. That is from Joshua who also says, P.S., looking forward to the Pikmin Patreon episode, because that's his second favorite game of all time. Nice. Awesome. But that's yeah. out now. Go check it out. It's yeah. great. Thank you, jo- Joshua. Um, yeah, Joshua. Yeah, Joshua. That's a great letter. That's an awesome letter, and yes. I just,
1: just to be clear and give credit where credit is due, anything on this show that remotely involves research or anything knowledge-based, 100% Steve.
0: Well, I mean, any- you, you any- have a lot of stuff just in that's your head Anything you about know. space balls or... Um, <laughs>
1: What else do I bring to this show?
0: Uh, mostly Spaceballs. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's like 90% Spaceballs. Or,
1: or any references to Mace to the Dark Age or Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah, that's get, me.
0: You get 25 cents every time you mention Mace the Dark yeah, Age. Yeah, exactly.
1: I'm like Michael Buffer, but for Mace the Dark <laughs> yeah. Age. Which is extra confusing because I did not design the game. No part of it. No yeah. part in it.
0: Um, all right, so what three games that's do you present? hard question. This is three like n N64 present...
1: games to describe the human condition.
0: And it's not to say the best N64 games. Yeah. I think that's the important part. It's to describe the human condition.
1: Okay, I'm a, can we we put um i'm going to put NFL blitz on there because okay. i feel like sport is an important part of sort of competition in human and i feel like it sort of Scratches that itch of the violent tendencies like you might
0: find in uh, Goldeneye. I also want these aliens to think we're more powerful than we are mm. so they don't start, uh, starting shit with us. Okay. So, yeah, to that degree, I agree with that. I think they need to know that we are capable of catching on fire yeah, and slamming exactly. each other across the field if we are, uh, angered. Um, I would say, um, I would throw Ocarina of Time in there sure. because it's a lot about exploring and, uh, 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 attuning with nature and working within civilizations to to achieve goals, I think. Um, And it's all about kind of uh, our resourcefulness and our problem-solving abilities. And then for the third game, we're going to put in Jeopardy.
1: Yes, because that that will because help it, them learn a lot. I guess the language barrier is an issue, so that might be oh, tough. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. This is like an arrival situation. <laughs> yeah, where we have they, to. They be, will yeah.
1: learn through. Maybe the, no, maybe Wheel of Fortune, because then they can learn how to spell things. Like that's how you teach them the language. Ooh, I like that. Playing Wheel of Fortune on the N64. I like it. Okay, <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. All right. Those are definitively it. Wheel of Fortune, <laughs> of Blitz. Time, NFL Blitz. Yeah, perfect. Those are what the aliens are going to know us by. <laughs> uh, our next letter says, "Hey guys, quick one-off on the back of the Kirby episode." What would be more uncomfortable, swallowing someone whole or being swallowed whole? Also, what power would each of you imbue Kirby with? Keep up the good work. Cheers, Jesse from Perth, Western
1: Australia. Thanks, Jesse. Uh
0: all right. So, what do you think? So, I think, I think being swallowed whole would suck worse, right? I'm just thinking of the movie Anaconda, and like that looked kind of bad.
1: Some, you know, that there's there's a there's a sexual fetish of being like engulfed, swallowed yeah. whole.
0: It's like vor. Um, is vor, that it? Yeah, Yeah. Vor, yeah.
1: Um. I don't know. I, I think I would. I think I would rather be the swallowee than the swallower.
0: See, I think I'm going the opposite way. Well, there's whole,
1: all right. We know what happens next. Because, then open your mouth, Steve. God damn it!
0: <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you're if you're if you're in a situation where this is an option, mm-hmm. then your body is equipped to do this. Okay, but no one's body is equipped to be swallowed and digested. So, ironically, you do. the person
1: who seems like they'd be most equipped to be solid and digested, Kirby. Kirby, like, only eight he, he, inches
0: tall, made of marshmallow fluff. Yeah, exactly. You
1: like Kirby swallowing Kirby is yeah. what we want to see. Um, and what what powers would we
0: in in imbue with Kirby? Oh yeah, what would what would Kirby? I feel like, I mean, if we're doing Smash Brothers style, he'd be wearing my glasses. Sure. Yeah. Um. And he'd probably be really good at pub trivia, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how
1: that is useful in Smash Brothers. Yeah, not uh,
0: necessarily. But, you know, yeah. I'm not saying he'd be a useful character in Smash Brothers with my power. I think his power is swallowing me, is he becomes significantly slower, significantly sadder, (laughs) and he can't see very well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I guess for me, he would get like a cool Western shirt with fringe.
0: You do have um, some great yeah, I shirts. do. I haven't yeah. worn them in a
1: while. And uh, I guess his power is he would become very indecisive about things. Yeah. He would be unable to commit to anything. And yes. just <laughs> whenever you try to press the B to do a movie, be like, no, nah, I, <laughs> I don't know about that.
0: So it's like some of these fighting games are criticizing for not being very responsive. Yeah, it's, just, just, it's just in Woody mode. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Just Come on. That was a good question. Thank you for that, Jesse. Uh, we have another one here. Hey, Steve, Woody, and Samantha. Uh, if you have a guest <laughs> named Samantha on imagine how impressive that'll be that, w- yeah, <laughs> right. that would have been good be very,
1: well extra impressive because I don't think I know anybody
0: named Samantha
1: I don't think I so, do I don't yeah, think I do
0: um, anyway you didn't mean it but you did ask for it <laughs> I believe that the Dragon Quest slimes feel like pushing your finger yeah. into freshly chilled jello oh yeah but that cuts into them tend to reseal themselves rapidly hence their ability to survive from more than one sword strike mm-hmm. Kirby on the other hand feels like rubbing a brick of mild cheddar Tillamook cheese on your belly I think it's obvious which of the two is more cuddly, don't you? And that's from Troidal Power. I that's a very specific image there, Troy. Like, I
1: rub cheddar cheese on my belly, and it why? is why. Oh well, you know. When did
0: this situation?
1: Come well, up? because like it gets that weird crust on the top, and you you can't find your grater, and so you're just like, all right, I gotta get, get so this you, stuff you've off. Got here. Cheese
0: grater abs. Maybe I'm getting mean? ready
1: to get swallowed by someone, and I gotta give myself a little bit of
0: flavor. A little yes. nacho cheese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, I it's like it's a very specific image, but I can like hear what that sounds like in my <laughs> head. Like it's very squeaky, and it feels right somehow that that's what Kirby would feel like. I yeah,
1: guess. I I like the I yeah I like the observation that a slime would be very cold.
0: Yeah, like
1: a Kirby seems like it would sort of um, absorb heat, whereas a slime jello definitely feels right. Yeah,
0: yeah. We have. Well,
1: they, we definitely asked for it. Just to be we definitely did, we we wanted for it. it. So you I want did your that. job. No, yeah.
0: you're good. You're good. We got one last one here, and this Ooh, one's uh, from uh, from somebody Woody and I know personally. Um, so <laughs> it, it, but they're going to reference knowing you and playing games with you. And uh, oh, okay. So they're just just don't be freaked we'll, out. We'll, okay. Uh, hi, Stephen Woody. <laughs> Now that school started again, I have time on my commute to listen to podcasts, and I'm finally all caught up. I was glad to hear your recent review of the soccer games, and glad to hear how mediocre they were. <laughs> to my knowledge, there have only there's only ever been one good soccer game, Mega Man Soccer. I knew,
1: okay, I already know who this you is, know, this, and... Mega Man Soccer is not a good game, Aaron. Oh, he's going to explain right now. Okay.
0: Sure, every character except Iceman moves at a snail's pace. The strategy in the game is 90% shoot the goalie with your Mega Buster and then score a free goal. Okay. And the game was so lazily rushed that not only is the secret character inaccessible because of a glitch, but that same glitch also means the two endings of the game never play and the game just inexplicably loops back to the opening when you beat it. Nice. Still, I'd play that for a game for hours before I touched any of those FIFA games. <laughs> uh, if you had your choice, what franchise? Would you want a lazy sports game made out of oh, Star man. Fox Boxing, Halo Golf, Punch Out Mud Wrestling? Maybe a Mario Brothers racing Wait, punch game? Out already, punch Out Mud Wrestling
1: is Punch already a sports game here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, before I go, two other thoughts. Uh, first, I'm ashamed at how much you disliked Wetrix. I know for a fact that Woody had a pretty okay time playing the multiplayer with me once we got bored and, before we got bored and switched to Clay Fighter. I mean, the water is basically invisible and it's a glorified tech demo, but fun was had. Fun! (laughs) Uh, Second, I just ran into two N64 mods that looked really cool Smash 64 Remix and Zelda 64 From Dawn to Dusk. Both look like completely new games. I'd love to hear someone play them. Would you consider more episodes about N64 mods?
1: Yes. Uh, Anyway,
0: thanks for being the best thing about my drive to class. Keep doing what you do best. P.S. I die a little bit inside every time you rate a game higher than Bomberman 64. (laughs) And you called it. That was from past guest Aaron George. Thank you, Aaron. That's a great letter. As
1: soon as he referenced Mega Man soccer. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) It's spoiled. Uh, All right. So what what do you think? Uh, A sports game of an existing franchise.
1: That's that's a great question. What if there was a... uh, This probably... already Was there ever like a Blitzball mod for uh, the Gears of War game? Because like... Or Thrashball. Oh, that was Blitzball is the Final Fantasy that's one, Final but Fantasy, like one yeah. of the players in Gears of War was like a former Thrashball player. Oh yeah, and it that would could be, fun. It'd be like a fun like Madden type mock because those characters already look like giant football players. So. It fits in canon, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think I want God of War Hyli. I think, <laughs> okay, I think that's you, what you want. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, is where you have like the y- little cup that yeah, holds the, the ball. Yeah, right? yeah,
0: like the the and so hook you're using thing. the blades
1: of chaos to like spin that around and just yeah. fling it against the wall.
0: And we'll just make the courts like as long as the ocean. And yes. then, like, it's being swatted back at you by a hydra.
1: How, how about uh, just you know? I gotta, I gotta hit my quota here. So, like, Mace the Dark Age, uh, <laughs> <Ching>. yeah, <laughs> where you, you, it's just NBA Hangtime, but you play as the different characters from Mace the Dark
0: Age. Sure, yes. yeah, yeah, do it, absolutely. Uh, NBA Hangtime, NFL Blitz. I want to play NFL Blitz with NBA Hangtime <laughs> characters. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'll, oh, there was another question there, wasn't there? Uh about um Oh, yes,
1: and the answer is yes, we would consider doing more uh mods. Yeah, yeah, I those will were probably fun. actually help Steve set them up this time since he seemed to have so much trouble figuring it out last time.
0: <laughs> I'm a real dumb boy. And
1: there will be uh there'll be Patreon episodes. There is uh one uh there's an N64 mod for uh, we did an interview with a fellow named Kaze as mm. like his uh, you know, his username who does a whole bunch of Mario 64 mods and he finally finished the Zelda mod that he talked about in the oh, interview did. so maybe we'll give that a play.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. All right, we have gone so long on this Who episode thought, surprisingly. Man. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot to talk about no, and well, uh, it was a much more pleasant time than I would have anticipated. <laughs> and we had an, a bunch of amazing letters. Yeah, thank you everybody letters. for thank writing you. in with those. Um so thank you for listening. You can find us at Ultra64 podcast at Twitter and on uh, uh gmail.com. Oh, wait. And, and I, I, I want to say Instagram. to Aaron. Yeah.
1: Are you sure we didn't play Tetrisphere? Because Wetrix was pretty boring when we (laughs) played it here, so I have a hard time believing it wasn't boring that time. He claims
0: fun was had. Well, maybe he's just a much more pleasant person to be around than you, Steve. I mean, it's entirely possible. Most people are. Uh, All right, so tune in next week. We are getting back on our racing game grind, and we are playing... Four racing games in the. God damn it. The Will top, these things ever stop? Apparently not. Four racing games in the Top Gear series. So it's. Oh my god! Top I, Gear I, Rally. I was, I was
1: all positive about how fun this episode was, and now we we're all having a nice time. <laughs> hey, hey!
0: You never know. You never yeah. know. Well, there might be something fun to find in Top Gear Rally One, Top Gear Rally Two, <laughs> Top Gear Overdrive, or Top Gear Hyperbike. I can't believe there's four Top Gear. <laughs> games. Isn't that crazy? And I almost lumped hyperbike in with the other uh, motorcycle games, but you know, it's a brand thing. We'll stick with the Top Gear brand, which somehow doesn't have anything to do with the TV show Top Gear or the magazine Top Gear. I'm I'm already angry. I'm already bored. Yeah, but we you know, we gotta do it. We're really selling it.
1: Thanks
0: for (laughs) to give us some great letters to read in the next week's episode because we are going to be uh, slap happy and goofy. I can tell you that right now. So, thank you everybody uh, for rumbling with us today. And uh, we will catch you next time. Let's get
1: ready to go home and leave the podcast. But tonight, don't.